0: It is Thursday, February 1st, 2018. Quote of the Days from Catherine Mansfield, a writer from 1888 to 1923. Risk. Risk anything. Care no more for the opinions of others for those voices. Do the hardest thing on earth for you. Act for yourself. Face the truth. Today's Horoscopes by Linda C. Black Astrology. Starting with Aries. Don't take action yet. Finish preparations first. Guard time for your health and well-being. There's plenty of work today and tomorrow. Recharge your batteries. Taurus. Relax and take time for fun, family, and romance. Don't make important decisions now. Strengthen bonds with people you love. Listen, share, and consider. Gemini. Stick close to home over the next few days. Organize, sort, and clear out clutter. Establish order somewhere chaotic. Clean up a mess. Cancer. Consider the history. Silence is better than damaging outbursts. If you don't know what to say, keep your peace. Focus on practical priorities despite distractions. Leo. There's profit potential today and tomorrow, although obstacles could seem intimidating. Stick to your budget. Take a creative tack. Revise plans for unforeseen circumstances. Virgo. Slow down to avoid accidents or breakage. Energy surges are predictable for the next two days. Overcommitting can lead to burnout. Listen to your intuition. Libra. Settle into your warm cocoon. Silence and peaceful pursuits soothe your spirit through tomorrow. Consider the consequences before taking action. Meditate on the possibilities. Scorpio. Friendship makes a difference. Offer and receive support. Lend a helping hand to one who needs it. Show up for your team or community. Sagittarius. Work takes priority over the next few days. Put in more time planning before initiating action. Someone important is paying attention. Take extra care. Capricorn. Plan your itinerary for an upcoming trip. Today and tomorrow favor travel, studies, and education. Extra effort surpasses old limits. Rules bend. Don't break them. And finally, Aquarius. Wait to see what develops. Changes require budget revisions. Focus on strategic objectives and avoid impulsive spending. Join forces with another to get funding. And those are your horoscopes for February 1st, 2018, by Linda C. Black. February 1st, the Day in Rock, 1954. Backed by his jazz ensemble, Big Joe Turner records the original version of Shake, Rattle, and Roll. Tune will top the Billboard R&B chart next June, but did not cross over to the pop chart. 1957, 20-year-old Don Everly and 18-year-old Brother Phil sign a recording contract with Cadence Records, and during their career, the Everly Brothers will have 35 Billboard Hot 100 singles. 1958, Elvis Presley crams in one more trip to the recording studio before joining the U.S. Army. The session will produce Wear My Ring Around Your Neck, which will reach number three in the US and the UK. 1964, Beatlemania comes to America when I Want to Hold Your Hand becomes the first of 20 Billboard number one hits for the Beatles. It would stay on top for seven weeks with worldwide sales of 15 million copies. The same year, Matthew Walsh, governor of Indiana, declares the song Louie Louie by the Kingsmen, which was currently number six on the Hot 100 to be pornographic, and he asked the Indiana Broadcasters Association to ban the record, although stations claim it's impossible to accurately figure out the lyrics from the unintelligible rendition as performed by the Kingsman. Indiana was the only state to actually ban the record from radio play. 1965, at the Arthur Smith Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, James Brown records, Papa's Got a Brand New Bag. It will reach number eight, on the Billboard Pop Chart and number 1 on the R&B Chart following August and later won a Grammy Award for Best Rhythm and Blues Recording. 1968, exactly nine months after marrying Elvis Presley, Priscilla Presley gives birth to Elvis' only child, Lisa Marie, at the Baptist Memorial Hospital in Memphis. 1969, pre, a pre-Stevie Nicks, Lindsay Buckingham, Christine McVie edition of Fleetwood Mac took a guitar paste based instrumental called Albatross to top of the U.K. chart. It also made top five in Norway, Ireland, Sweden, and the Netherlands, but only rose to 104 in the U.S. 1975. Elvis Presley arranges for daughter Lisa Marie to meet her favorite singer Elton John for her seventh birthday. Same year, Neil Sedaka now comes back with Laughter in the Rain. 1979. Blondie's Heart of Glass is certified platinum in Great Britain, where it t- chops the U.K. pop chart. The song will also rise to number one in the U.S. following April. The original lyrics, Once I had a love, it was a gas, soon turned out it was a pain in the ass, were altered. To Once I had a love, it was a gas, soon turned out I had a heart of glass, to ensure radio play. 1983 Air Supply's seventh studio album, Now and Forever, is certified platinum. Peaking at number twenty-five on the hot two hundred chart, the LP contained three top forty hits Even the Nights Are Better, Number Five, Young Love, Number Thirty Eight, and Two Less Lonely People in the World at Number 38. 1985, Eagles Glenn Fry makes his acting debut on an episode of USTV's Miami Vice that was based on his song Smuggler's Blues. Nineteen eighty six, Diana Ross marries Norwegian shipping magnate Arnie Ness, in Geneva, Switzerland, with Stevie Wonder performing at the reception, but the couple was later divorced in 2000. 1987, after the UN and African National Congress removed him from their blacklist, Paul Simon kicks off his Graceland tour in Rotterdam. He had been banned after he broke the cultural boycott on recording in South Africa. In 1988, the Cars who'd placed Fifteen songs on the Hot 100 between 1978 and 1987 announced their breakup. In 1992, Elton John and George Michael teamed up to score U.S. number 1 with Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me at Wembley Stadium. 2001, a collection of Elton John's private photos were removed from display at a museum in Atlanta. 2004, Justin Timberlake causes a huge uproar when he tugged at Janet Jackson's outfit and revealed her left breast live on US TV during the halftime show of Super Bowl thirty Four days later, that scene would become the most searched-for image in the history of the Internet. 2005, 59-year-old Eric Clapton became a father for the fifth time when his 29-year-old wife, Malia McHenry, gave birth to a baby girl. 2007, Mike Clark. Owner manager of Atlanta's Southern Tracks Recording Studio died after an eight-month illness. He was 63. 2008, news report revealed Spain was the European leader in illegal music downloads. Same year, Paul McCartney said recent media reports that he had heart surgery last year are entirely... This Day in Rock, February 1st, continued... 2011, in an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, Elton John urged his longtime friend and tour mate Billy Joel to get serious about overcoming his alcoholism that has plagued him for years. Joel reacted by saying, Elton is just being Elton. 2012, Lisa Marie Presley celebrated her 44th birthday by opening up a new exhibit at Graceland that featured artifacts from her childhood, including baby footprints, a tricycle, her crib, and a record player. February 1st, the same year, 2012, Don Cornelius, the host of TV Soul Train, who helped break down racial barriers and broaden the reach of black culture, died of an apparent suicide. He was 75. And this was your day in rock for February 1st. The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufock by T.S. Eliot Let us go then, you and I, when the evening is spread out against the sky like a patient etherized upon a table. Let us go through certain half-deserted streets, the muttering retreats of restless nights in one-night cheap hotels, and sawdust restaurants with oyster shells, streets that follow like a tedious argument of insidious intent to lead you to an overwhelming question. Oh, do not ask, what is it? Let us go and make our visit. In the room the women come and go talking of Michelangelo. The yellow fog that rubs its back upon the window panes, the yellow smoke that rubs its muzzle on the window panes, licked its tongue into the corners of the evening, lingered upon the pools that stand in drains, let fall upon its back the soot that falls from chimneys, slipped by the terrace, made a sudden leap, and seeing that it was a soft October night, curled once about the house and fell asleep and indeed there will be time for the yellow smoke that slides along the street rubbing its back upon the window panes there will be time there will be time to repair a face to meet the faces that you meet there will be time to murder and create and time for all the works and days of hands that lift and drop a question on your plate time for you and time for me, and time yet for a hundred indecisions, and for a hundred visions and revisions before the taking of toast and tea. In the room the women come and go, talking of Michelangelo. And indeed there will be time to wonder, do I dare, and do I dare? Time to turn back and descend the stair. With a bald spot in the middle of my hair, they will say, How his hair is growing thin, my morning coat, my collar mounting firmly to the chin, my necktie rich and modest, but asserted by a simple pin. They will say, But how his arms and legs are thin. Do I dare disturb the universe? In a minute there is time for decisions and revisions, which a minute will reverse. For I have known them all already known them all, have known the evenings, mornings, afternoons. I have measured out my life with coffee spoons. I know the voices dying with a dying fall beneath the music from a farther room, so how should I presume? And I have known the eyes already, known them all, the eyes that fix you in a formulated phrase and when i am formulated sprawling on a pin when i am pinned and wriggling on the wall then how should i begin to spit out the buttons of my days and ways and how should i presume and i have known the arms already known them all arms that are braceleted and white and bare but in the lamplight downed with light brown hair is it perfume from a dress that makes me so digress arms that lie along a table, or wrap about a shawl. And should I then presume? And how should I begin? Shall I say, I have gone at dusk through narrow streets and watched the smoke that rises from the pipes of lonely men in shirt-sleeves leaning out of windows. I should have been a pair of ragged claws scuttling across the floors of silent seas. And the afternoon the evening sleep so peacefully smoothed by long fingers asleep tired or it malingers stretched on the floor here beside you and me should i after tea and cakes and ices have the strength to force the moment to its crisis but though i have wept and fasted wept and prayed though I have seen my head grown slightly bald, brought in upon a platter. I am no prophet, and here's no great matter. I have seen the moment of my greatness flicker, and I have seen the eternal footman hold my coat and snicker. And in short, I was afraid. And would it have been worth it, after all, after the cups, the marmalade, the tea, among the porcelain, Among some talk of you and me, would it have been worthwhile to have bitten off the matter with a smile, to squeeze the universe into a ball, to roll it towards some overwhelming question, to say, I am Lazarus, come from the dead, come back to tell you all, I shall tell you all, if one settling a pillow by her head should say, that is not what I meant at all, that is not it, not at all. And would it have been worth it after all? Would it have been worthwhile, after the sunsets and the dooryards and the sprinkled streets, after the novels, after the teacups, after the skirts that trail along the floor, and this and so much more? Is it impossible to say just what I mean? But as if a magic lantern threw the nerves in patterns on a screen, would it have been worthwhile if one, settling a pillow, or throwing off a shawl and turning toward the window, should say, That is not it at all. That is not what I meant at all. No, I am not Prince Hamlet, nor was meant to be. Am an attendant lord, one that will do to swell progress, start a scene or two, advise the prince, no doubt an easy tool, deferential, glad to be of use, politic, cautious and meticulous, full of high sentence, but a bit obtuse at times, indeed almost ridiculous, almost, at times, the fool. I grow old, I grow old, I shall wear the bottoms of my trousers rolled. Shall I part my hair behind? Do I dare to eat a peach? I shall wear white flannel trousers and walk upon the beach." I have heard the mermaids singing each to each. I do not think that they will sing to me. I have seen them riding seaward on the waves, combing the white hair of the waves blown back. When the wind blows the water white and black, we have lingered in the chambers of the sea by sea-girls wreathed with seaweed red and brown, till human voices wake us and we drown. Thinking About Thinking About Thinking, Poem by Kelly Kurt I, unfortunately, don't always prevail. A moment is all it requires. If I have any control, I want to use it. But my mind finds ways a millisecond of lapse regresses me to human. Who wants that? I don't. It's part of what keeps me awake. What does that say, at least for me? Control is tenuous. If achievable, I think that I think I must try. Life in a Love, Robert Browning Escape me? Never, beloved. While I am I and you are you, So long as the world contains us both, Me, the loving, and you, the loath. While the one eludes, must the other pursue? My life is a fault at last, I fear. It seems too much like a fate, indeed. Though I do my best, I shall scarce succeed. But what if I fail of my purpose here? It is but to keep the nerves at strain, to dry one's eyes and laugh at a fall, and baffled, get up and begin again. So the chase takes up one's life, that's all. While look but once from your farthest bound at me so deep in the dust and dark. No sooner the old hope goes to ground than a new one straight to the self-same mark. I shape me, ever removed. Today on the news it was reported that there were many New York City health violations, health code violations in school cafeterias. And I'm going to read a bit from Food Plight by Paulina Sinauer and Mallory Munch. And it goes like this. At Public School 398 in East Flatbush, Brooklyn, elementary school students were offered a lunch. of Beef patties, zucchini, and pears on March 20th. A city health inspector discovered some unappetizing conditions in the cafeteria and kitchen that day, live roaches, and close to 600 fresh mice droppings, all conditions primed to cause illness. At Middle School 137 in Ozone Park, Queens, where the kitchen prepares more than 700 meals for five area schools, an inspector found about 1,500 flies on July 12th. The health department gave the school two days to clean up, put all food in rat-proof containers, while there was some improvement when an inspector returned July 17th. Flies still loomed, and the kitchen remained dirty. School got another two days to fix the violations, and only on the third try were the problems rectified. If you can believe that! At PS 132 in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, a school nurse reported in September that five second-graders were sickened after eating a cafeteria lunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, cheese sandwiches, and milk. School officials said there was no evidence the illnesses were caused by school food and called the nurse overzealous. Oh, really? But a health inspector who responded several days later found dirty equipment and poor protection for how food was laid out, potential breeding grounds for food-borne illnesses. Good thing they had the overzealous nurse at the wheel. These schools are far from alone in cafeteria woes. A New York City News Service investigation based on inspection data obtained from the New York City Health Department under New York's Freedom of Information law found nearly 700 school cafeterias, that's about half, of the 1,400 inspected by health officials in 2017, received at least one critical violation, which indicates the kinds of problems that could lead to foodborne illness. City health inspectors discovered an average of two violations per school cafeteria visit. Some schools had no violations. As the health department officials point out, others racked up more, driving up the average. One of every five of the citations is a critical violation, something that could lead to foodborne illnesses. More than half of the 1,150 critical violations reported in 2017 show evidence of mice, rats, roaches, and other insects in food preparation and consumption areas along with flies. The four dozen schools with the worst inspection records in 2017 largely serve some of the city's poorest students. What a surprise here. The students who go to these schools tend to be disproportionately minority group members, city records show. Hey, you know what? These kids, a lot of them, are starving. They're going home to very poor families. Food that they get in their school is critical. It may be, in some cases, unfortunately, their only full meal of the day. And what are we doing, New York State? What are we doing, New York City? We're asleep at the wheel. In 2017, there should be none of this. There is no excuse. And what do I hear? I hear hear President Trump saying that, you know, the big issue is immigration, and I hear the Democrats screaming about it. Okay? I hear Governor Cuomo and de Blasio talking about a safe harbor. Hey, what about a safe harbor for the kids that already live in the city? All of them, all the children, there is no excuse for children to receive food in this day and age that could possibly make them sick. This is Basic, simple hygiene. And I'm sorry. If these people aren't following the health code, get them out of there. Get them fired. That's my rant. Clean it up. To a Child Dancing in the Wind Poem by William Butler Yeats Dance there upon the shore WHAT NEED HAVE YOU TO CARE FOR WIND OR WATER'S ROAR, AND TUMBLE OUT YOUR HAIR THAT THE SALT DROPS OF WET, BEING YOUNG YOU HAVE NOT KNOWN THE FOOL'S TRIUMPH, NOR YET LOVE LOST AS SOON AS won, NOR THE BEST LABORER DEAD AND ALL THE SHEAVES TO BIND, WHAT NEED HAVE YOU TO DREAD THE MONSTROUS CRYING OF WIND?